It is not half bad, and it is, I believe, the fourth episode of the third season. It is December 3rd, which means we're a month or so into the season. I thought it was the uh, third episode. I don't know what episode. Is it the it third? Is. I don't know. I, we, uh, it's one or the other. It doesn't we're happen. somewhere in the third season. Yeah, you people figure it out. Yeah. Sticklers. Not half bad continuity sticklers. Um, I am Dave of OnTheBanks.com. I cover Rutgers, and you can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore White. And I'm Norman of RumbleInTheGarden.com. You can find me on Twitter at EcoastBias, E-C-O-A-S-T, Bias. Or you can find our Rumble full feed at RumbleSBN, which is shared with a few other people. Yeah, they're all right, those people. They're no yeah. Norman. Ah, uh, you know, they're they're better they're better than me. That's the idea. I'm trying to find writers who are better writers so I can just sit back and enjoy the, their magic. <laughs> Very nice. So Norman, how's uh, how's it been going for St. John's recently? Well, it's uh what? It's like Wednesday night, right? Um Yeah. It's December 3rd, and St. John's is interesting. I think that there are uh certainly some people who are impressed with what they um with what they've seen and others who feel that St. John's still has a lot of holes. Um, but so far St. John's is five and one on the season. They beat Minnesota to get to the NIT season tip off final, which was a pretty interesting and good win. Um, featured them coming back from being down. I forget how many points and then, uh, some really awesome dunks. And then mm-hmm. against Gonzaga, uh, a team that should have probably, you know, really put it on them. Um, St. John's came back and was re- within one possession of winning that game. Uh, so, you know, maybe not so dissimilar to playing Villanova last year or even playing Syracuse last year. Uh, St. John's just finds a way. So yeah, they're five and one and, uh, they're interesting. You know, they're playing basically a six-man rotation. They have a few players who are standing out and a few players who, I mean, there's a little bit of uh, maybe burgeoning drama, but we can get to that later, too. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask about that, but we can get to that in a bit. So how's Rutgers? Um, Rutgers is, um, well, they played St. Peter's at the rack last week and lost by 18 to Owen for St. Peter's. Who was uh, missing? Also missing their best player, but mm-hmm. they hit um, a ton of threes. Rutgers played terrible defense; just never could get back in it. It was really um, not good. And um, a ton of threes. Yeah, they hit twelve yeah. threes. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, At fifty-two percent. Yes. Is that like practice or defense? It, it felt like practice. Seriously, it was bad. Um, and it kind of uh, ruffled the fan base's feathers, as you could imagine. Um, the outlook was bleak for the Barclays Classic, where Rutgers was going to play Vanderbilt and then either LaSalle or Virginia. It was kind of a gauntlet week for Rutgers. Um, and then after that, on Monday, they had Clemson in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And that's where things went from, oh, my God, my eyes, my eyes, um, after St. Peter's, to interesting um, Rutgers dug deep and be- behind Miles Mack and um, Kadeem Jack, they beat uh, they beat Vanderbilt. They beat Vanderbilt. Um, I can't remember the score off the top of my head, um, but it, it was close. It might have been a three-point game. 68 to 65. Yeah, 68 to 65. I was going to say 67-64. Um, and then they played Virginia the next night. Um, the Virginia game... 
Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold I'm on. Gonna you, I'll, I'm going to let hold you finish. On. I'm going to let you I'm, finish. I'm guessing you're just looking at the score and you didn't watch the game. Um, no, but I heard about it on Twitter. Okay. Okay. So I mean, I'm guessing. Like one, one of those, hold on. Uh, hold okay, on. I'll, I'll let you finish. Hold on. Because in the Vanderbilt game, Rutgers, who's already undermanned at guard, lost Bishop Daniels to apparently a severely twisted ankle. He's week to week at this point. Hasn't played since the first minute of that Vanderbilt game. Oh, that's tough. Um, yeah. And Rutgers played Virginia, number 18 team, number eight team in the country. And uh, they lost. But at halftime, hold on, Norman. Hold on. <laughs> at halftime. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> at halftime, they were up 18 to 17. You suck. Because <laughs> I was really being serious. <laughs> and now so I'm wiping tears from Rutgers my eyes. 18 to 17. It was 18 like to foot- 17. It was I, a defensive battle. Rutgers actually was playing really well. Um, I remember hearing it was like a football score, you know? Yeah. They should have yeah. gone for the field goal. That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, clever. Clever. Um, and then they clearly, uh, the team was just exhausted and, um, they went home for the night. They, they basically went home. Play? They, they scored six points to start the half and then they went home. They only scored two more points after that. Two points um, in the last 10 minutes is yes. a true, true feat. You know, what's horrifying though? I mean, Virginia's great. Virginia's very good defensively, but Virginia did not pull away until the last five minutes of that game. Well, it's true. They only scored 45 points. 45, like 26. the worst thing that anybody could ever see. Yeah, I watched it on DVR, and I fast-forwarded to the, through the last five minutes, so it felt like a really close game to me. Wow. It's kind of <laughs> like that, uh, what was that SMU game where they scored like 18 points total or whatever? Yeah, something like that a ago? couple yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. Um, so it... it in my head, it didn't look. I mean, the score, the box score. Just seeing the box score, it's yes, it's embarrassing. But um, if you actually watch the game, that it, that Rutgers really played their hearts out against a very good team, and kind of held played defense well enough to keep themselves in it for thirty five minutes. And then they traveled to Clemson, and I figured they were worn out. And once again, Rutgers dug deep, and they won at Clemson. Um, so after losing. And getting blown out by St. Peter's, they went two and one, three games and four nights without their starting shooting guard. And they made a forty-five to twenty-six loss, in some ways, look kind of competitive. They yes. did hold Virginia to point eight three points for a possession, it seems. And yeah. uh, even though they scored point four eight, which is a number that I've only seen from St. John's in a half. Uh, I think Norm Roberts' teams managed that twice in a half against Georgetown and uh, like Pitt or something like that back in 2007. Yes. Um, yeah, it was a very – it was a really weird week because it went from Eddie Jordan's worst loss of his of – his, you know, and he's had some bad ones um, with the St. Peter's game to probably the best weekend of his tenure at Rutgers, you know, best three-game stretch. So things are interesting right now. Um, somebody – I think it was Steve Politi on Twitter called it a weird team, to which I replied, weird is better than bad. So This is true. I will take weird right now. I mean, you want intrigue and you want to say that a team has uh, some aspects to build on, you know, or at least some uh, something something to, to sell, you know? 
And despite the offense being horrible in that Virginia game, um, those three games, Rutgers really ran their sets and got open looks. Um, it was front rim shot. They were exhausted. They went over 13 from three in, against Virginia, and every shot was front rim. So um, they're doing what is being asked of them by the coaching staff. They're they're clearly you know undermanned, and they have some holes talent wise. But they have their two best players are seniors, and and that's where they are. All right. So I'm more optimistic than I would have been if we had recorded a week ago. <laughs> but sure. uh, that's where we are. So, um, yeah, now they have their probably their last really big game of at a conference coming up. They have the Garden State Hardwood Classic um, on Seton Saturday. Hall. Is it at in Newark? It is in Newark at Seton Hall. Um, there's some juice to this game now with the way Rutgers played this weekend and Seton Hall being, what, 6-0, 5-0? 6-0, yeah. Six and zero, um, and there's a trophy now. It's kind of a cool trophy. Did you see it today? No, is it a bridge that's covered in traffic? No, it is. Wait, actually, no, no, it's within New Jersey, so it's got to be like a toxic waste dump. No, no, it's no. Uh, you're gonna feel bad now. You're gonna. Oh, feel is it bad. a rolling, boring suburb? No, you're gonna feel bad now. You're gonna feel bad. Um, you're gonna feel. Oh, it's oh, the New York skyline because that's where everybody no, in New Jersey wants to go. No. Okay, what no, is it? No, it's um. They took pieces of boardwalk that were destroyed in Asbury Park during Hurricane Sandy, Aww. and they shaped it into the state of New Jersey. Um, <laughs> okay. You're really, you are overtired. No. You're I'm a little overtired tonight with your, with your cheeky humor, <laughs> your, your little laughter. I mean, that's like, I don't know, that, that's like trying to, to, to add meaning to something that's just a game. But anyway, whatever. I'm Listen, sure it's lovely. I'm very happy because uh, football got a trophy. I mean, basketball got a trophy game before football. Yes, yes. So, you well, know. How, how would Rutgers have a football trophy game? Even if they had one, uh, how would you know? You'd never see the trophy. You are real punchy tonight, aren't you? You're, you're a bit <laughs> punchy. I didn't know what I was getting into tonight. You knew. You knew. Mm-hmm. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Rutgers has coming up. It's an interesting game. Daniels is still going to be out, so they're going to be undermanned at guard. But mm-hmm. um, they're playing well right now, and they're defending for the most part this season, other than that St. Peter's what game. What time so, is that game? At noon. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Central Time, at 11 a.m. Okay, all right. <laughs> so there's time enough for people to watch the Seton Hall game and then, I mean, the Rutgers-Seton Hall game, and then watch the St. John-Syracuse interstate rivalry, where there's no um, there's no uh, uh, trophy. I don't know yeah. what that trophy would be. Would it be like a, like a I can see Canada from here plaque? I, I don't know. You Probably. Know, or... or uh, yeah, I don't know what 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 an upstate downstate trophy would be. I don't know. I had something clever and I lost it. You know what it'd be? It would just be a Metro North train. It would be like Jim Boheim's booger. Oh God, no! Who nobody wants that. I try not to <laughs> let my my, uh, my little boy watch uh, any Syracuse games because I don't want him to get the idea that it's okay to pick your nose on national TV regularly. Once is okay. <laughs> Once is okay. Yeah, he can pick his friends. He can pick his. No way. Yeah, wait. So Jim Beheim can pick his players. He can pick his nose, but he can't pick his players' noses. <laughs> exactly. So St. John's, huh? So St. John's, yeah. So St. John's is, uh, yes, you, you, you said you wanted to come back to the drama, right? 
Yeah, I did. I was going to ask, um, I guess after, uh, uh, I mean, during the Niagara game, uh, my man Rashid, I don't talk to the press, Jordan, and somebody else didn't start? Yep. Uh, so last night, um, Steve Labin decided to either reward or punish uh, Rashid Jordan and, uh, and Sir Dominic Pointer, setting them on the bench in favor of Jamal Branch and Miles Stewart. Miles Stewart now is a walk-on from Westchester High School in California. Um, he is known to be a three-point shooter and was considered to be the kind of guard who should have gotten scholarship offers but was injured and missed a lot of last year. So, yeah, he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, got a chance to start, actually uh, scored nine points uh, against Niagara. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Sir Dominic Pointer, I think, had missed uh, or was late for a team meeting, so he got benched for a little bit for that. And uh, Raishi Jordan, he didn't really say because, the, you know, generally the stories around Raishi Jordan don't, I don't know, he just doesn't talk about them. You know, I think uh, Lavin did make a comment about how, uh, you know, sometimes when a player sits, it's, uh, it's instructive for them to stop and watch the game and then get into the flow. So maybe mm-hmm. there was some of that. And I was noticing, and I tweeted about this today, that one thing that I noticed from Raishi Jordan is that after he made a, a fairly questionable pass, he uh, immediately put his hand up to say, you know, as if to say, yeah, that was mine, this is my fault. And one wonders if, <clears throat> you know, what was going on in practice was that, uh, or after the NIT games, was that uh, Raishi Jordan was complaining about other guys not catching his passes, because he had something like, what, nine turnovers against Gonzaga and uh, I think 16 in, in total uh, in the two games last week. So, you know, I do wonder if Lavin isn't telling him to, you know, slow your roll a little bit with uh, complaining about what other people do and control what you do and also don't make bad passes. Because admittedly, the passes he made last week against, uh, uh, in, in those games were just, they were just really, um, let's call them speculative. And it's not just the passes, it's the drives, it's the just bad, bad plays. You know, thinking that he can go one on everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, and he hasn't been good at that. I mean, did he, fact, wa- did he walk in? Did he walk into D'Angelo Harrison's dorm room and say, "I learned it from watching you"? Ha ha! Now D'Angelo Harrison's a really low turnover guard. You can you can fault D'Angelo Harrison for taking a shot anytime, anywhere. I was talking about the but going he, he one makes on, it one work. on fifteen. I was, talking about going, I was talking about going on one on 15. Oh, That's, <laughs> okay, yes, that, that is more uh, D'Angelo <laughs> Harrison's game. But <laughs> D'Lo makes it work a little bit better, you know. I mean, there, again, there's, there are faults, but the things that Raishi Jordan is doing right now, I mean, he's, yeah, I don't know, his, uh, he's been good at stealing the ball, and he's been good at drawing fouls, but he thinks he, he can draw a foul on every possession, and the refs aren't giving him all those calls. So he thinks right. he can go one on four and uh and it doesn't work. Gotcha. I haven't I haven't seen much St. John's this year. I haven't been around much to see much of them, but um it's interesting watching you guys tweet about them and, and the reporters tweet about them because there's a there's a sense of this team could be very good, but at the same time somebody's always saying it's always something with this team. It's always something with, with St. John's. It's, yeah, it's very strange. It's, it's a strange... Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of strange, you know, and I feel like 
maybe every team has a little something, but St. John's just ends up out in public, or the way that Lavin disciplines and talks about it, it feels like it's in public, or the way that Lavin talks around some of the issues makes it feel like it's out in public, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole Rishi Jordan not talking to the media thing is interesting, and it, may, it might also just be the, you know, the particular characters that are on the roster. But, you know, they're doing a lot of things well. Uh, playing with a really undersized lineup, they uh, have been pretty good on defense. On uh, two-point shooting, they're holding opponents to 36.8% shooting, at least against Division One opponents. And uh, their their defense has been top-notch. So, you know, it's hard to say that whatever's going on is going wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The offense is, you know, questionable. They are just not shooting well from outside the arc, and I think the Niagara game was uh, was uh, helped up that number. Um, yeah, I mean, up it from like crap to something closer to respectable. I think they shot forty percent last night, and uh, but on the season they're shooting twenty six percent from from beyond the arc, and that's pretty bad. Yeah, but that's it's, more in line with how bad they were last year. I was just about to say. They uh, always play better when they press and run. I, I don't know why they don't do more of it. Well, I mean, it, it's hard to press and run a whole game. And, you know, at a certain point, you've got to be under able to play half-court offense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but there's a way. When they play frenetic and frantic, I know it's hard to do it the whole game. But they seem to click more. They always have. And, he, and I always feel that Lavin seems to hold back on that as much as he can. Interesting. I don't know what it is, but that's what it feels like to me. Like he uses it less than he even should. Not saying he should use it the whole game, but I feel like he only breaks it out when he absolutely needs it. That's but I true. feel I mean, like I, they play better when he does do it. So here are two things that, that come to mind. One, um, that at, at a certain point he does want to protect the ball and he wants to have a low turnover game. And maybe that's part of why he doesn't whip it out all the time. I don't know. That's probably not a phrase you should you should use. Oh considering come on! Don't be don't Saint be John's is Saint John's past and previous coaches. Oh stop! Mm. Like Rutgers yeah. doesn't have a whip it out moment. No, um, they they just have naked free throw. That's what I mean. That's a whip it out moment. Um, yeah, well, yeah. But um, <laughs> on the on, on the other hand, I think that. Uh, one thing that's that's been cool about St. John's this year is that when they've been good, again, in the Minnesota and Gonzaga games, they've really whipped out a high-energy, frenetic uh, kind of style. you got to stop with that phrase. I'm going to crack up every time. What? I don't, like, I don't, I don't know why you, you don't like it when I whip out that phrase. <laughs> it's just lying there on the table. Uh, <laughs> This is what you what you get, folks, when you have two very tired fathers doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to unzip a defense. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, Adult humor, kids. Adult humor. Yeah. Anyway, no, no, no. But, 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 but. I mean. <laughs> You've got me all self-conscious. <laughs> but for St. John's, they really have uh, stepped up the energy and, and played hard at times. And one of the, there's always something with this team questions is that there are times where they don't seem to be playing hard or maybe they're coasting or maybe they're just not, you know, the freneticism 
sometimes leads to just not covering people, especially on zone in zone defense. Uh, last yeah. night against Niagara, there was a, a couple of sequences where you know a team that they hadn't put away had got within one point because they left guys open. Sometimes it was a crack, and sometimes it was a whole you know doorway open. And right. that's part of the problem with playing frenetic. You know, you have guys who kind of lose their heads and, you know, you get tired and you lose a little bit of your defensive acumen in, in, in that time. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, you know, that, that, that can be problematic. And I don't know what to say about that. You know, it's, I'll, I'll make a comparison actually to DePaul basketball. Um, I went to I last sleep. week's. What? My sleeper team, DePaul, always yes. my sleeper. So I went to last week's uh, DePaul win over uh, Stanford. And one thing that uh, Oliver Purnell said uh, once or twice was that um, that his team is learning how to play hard, and that playing hard is a skill. And I think that's really insightful. You know, oftentimes coaches just, you know, spew some bull about, you know, about things like that. But I do think that playing hard is a skill. It's important mm-hmm. both to know how to stay within your structure while playing hard, but also how to put plays behind you and keep playing hard and how yeah. to understand each other enough that you can just play on instinct and not on um, and not overthink it and not be too mechanical, you know? And right. I think for St. John's, it's not just that, you know, it's not that guys are dogging it necessarily, though, you know, some may or may not be, I don't know. It's that it's hard for them to play at times on instinct, you know, they're not, they don't look as fluid as they need to be because it's still kind of mechanical. They're thinking, okay, we need to swing the ball around. All right, I need to find so-and-so or, oh, I need to track back on defense or, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and I think that's kind of what uh, Rutgers learned after losing the, to St. Peter's. It seemed like they came out and thought it was going to be a walk, and by the time they realized it wasn't, they were down 15 and could never get it going. And um, since then, they've kind of brought it from the beginning. Uh, so I'm hoping that keeps up, you know, Saturday and through the rest of the non-conference, and they can finish a 9-4, and four, you know, Something like that. They're four and three right now, and if they could go five and one against uh, some cupcakes in Manhattan and Seton Hall, who knows? Where it could give them some confidence going into the Big Ten uh, schedule. Sure. So, let me ask you: How do you think that Saturday's game ends up for Rutgers and Seton Hall? You mean like a prediction? Yeah. Uh Something or, weird. Or let, let me back out and say, okay. what is it? What do you? What do you think Rutgers needs to do to win without Rutgers, Daniels? Rutgers needs to um, play like they played against Clemson and hope that Seton Hall is is a little off, looking, you know, um, pressing too hard. The freshmen um, uh, uh, don't don't play you know tr- either try to do too much or, or don't take it as seriously as they they could um i think it's a real tough matchup for Rutgers because i think seton hall is pretty deep um but i don't think it's unwinnable mostly because it's that game something weird happens all the time mm-hmm. um i think for the last uh Eight years, maybe more, the game has been decided by less than six points or in overtime. So Tough rivalry. Yeah, it's a tough rivalry. It is. And these kids know each other for the most part, and they they, um, they know each other's games. They've been playing since high school. So I think 
Rutgers has a shot just based on that, but I'm not willing to say that they're going to win. Okay. I could see it being like an eight-point game or even a 12-point game, um, but decided late. Like in free throws and stuff like that. Okay. So what do you think about St. John's and and, and Cuse? Or actually, no, let me ask you a better question. Um, What do you think St. John's will do going leading up from now leading up to the Big East season. Oh, that's a different question. Um Yeah. Hmm. I want to say that St. John's can go into that Seton Hall game with only two losses. Honestly, I I'm I'm calling Syracuse on the road a loss. I think somebody was saying on Twitter that they haven't lost or they haven't beaten Syracuse up there in like I don't know, 10 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, extremely long time. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say first. It's hard to say what they'll do against Syracuse because Syracuse and St. John's are, in, in some ways, very interesting teams. Syracuse seems to have, you know, they have Chris McCullough coming out as a freshman, you know, real nicely. Mm-hmm. But then they have a bunch of guys who are still sort of sort of figuring it out in, in Caleb Joseph and Benajay and uh, you know Trevor Cooney is shut downable and St. John's shut him shut him down last year. So right. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I look at Syracuse and I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't want to make any predictions over that team. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I I understand that. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, I want to say that St. John's goes into the into the Big East season. You know, pretty straight up. You know, with 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 two losses, but you know, there's always I, you feel like there's always a loss with one of Steve Lavin's teams as he's tinkering with things and trying to put guys into uh, different and uncomfortable situations. And St. Mary's and Long Beach State are tough, tough matchups, and those are the two two that I'd worry about. You know. That mm-hmm. either of those teams could come in and just play hard and, and pull out the win. St. Mary's has great size underneath, and they're kind of like Gonzaga, but, you know, a lot less heralded. And Long right, Beach right. State has a, a lot of, you know, high D1 talent that's fallen down to Long Beach State level. And they're always looking for a major conference win because they play the most ridiculous schedule that anybody can figure out, you know? Have you seen mm-hmm. their schedule? I have not. I mean... Actually, this year they played San Francisco State, too, so that sucks. But they played Xavier twice, beaten them once. Yeah, I know. I don't, you know, whatever. You know, non-conference, um, uh, the, the, those uh, conference, non-conference tournaments, they're weird. Um, oh, is that how it happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. They've got, uh, they lost to UCLA. They played Western Michigan, who's good. They beat Kansas State. Um, they're playing San Diego and Texas and Stephen F. Austin. It's like they find, like, oh, and Syracuse and Louisville. It's just like they, they, they go out there and they find, like, what's the, that's the best way to get my, my, myself beat up today, you know, and they <laughs> go and they find that, th- those teams to play. Right. That's interesting. So well, they, they could slip up there somewhere, but probably not. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know. So 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 going into the Big East season, that's what I'm saying. I'm seeing like this team could be riding a fairly comfortable high, or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they could beat Syracuse. I just I, I feel like we're predicting you know them to yeah. to make that kind of a leap, you know, because that'd be a big leap. Yeah, I I think um, against Syracuse is shooting a, a 
with their three point shooting being as bad as you were saying, they, they're going to have a tough time. But yeah. you never know; they could get hot. It's true. I mean, I think that's probably why they gave Miles Stewart some time. You know, they wanted to see what he could do, um, uh, what he could do on the court. You know, and he was given ex- extended minutes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, all right. So that's um, that's another not half bad, I guess. Right? We have no listener questions because we didn't really. Oh, we did have one, didn't we? Oh no, they. Okay, no. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We we got that one last week. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, we, we we've been keeping it kind of kind of quiet, and then we just busted out with this bam. Oh, podcast, surprise! You know? Surprise! Yeah. Um, it's another episode of not half bad in the books we've got two big games on saturday st john's plays at 5 15 eastern and uh, rutgers plays at 12 o'clock um against seton hall and the battle for the what is it called is it does it have a name it's like the garden state hard classic yeah garden state hardwood classic is what the game is called (laughs) that's so immature of them Please stop. <laughs> so immature. Please stop. Anyway, this is not half bad. And <laughs> yeah, I, try, I try to be positive. I, I come in here. I try to be nice. And what happens? We end up making Longwood jokes, and you laugh at anything Rutgers does. I didn't even bring up Longwood. Come no, on. I know, but... Anyway, this is not half bad, (laughs) and uh, I'm one of your hosts, Norman, of Rumble in the Garden. Check us out at rumbleinthegarden.com, and also on Twitter at ecoastbias. And I'm uh, Dave White. I cover Rutgers. Check us out on thebanks.com, and at Dave underscore White. I like to tweet stuff. Stuff. (laughs) Have yourselves a good day, afternoon, night, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Send us listener questions, nothalfbadpod at gmail.com. Yes, we like listener questions. <laughs>